Morning, church. It's excellent to hear our young people leading out in worship, isn't it? Um, One of my boys was supposed to be here, but uh, we've just returned from a place that was much colder, and uh, they didn't sleep very much on the airplane, and I think just the... uh, all of that caught up with them, so my family is at home not so well this morning. So far, so good for me. I was able to sleep leaning on the shoulder of the person next to me on the plane, probably. But uh, let's bow our heads for an added word of prayer. Dear Lord, as we open your word now, may your Holy Spirit's presence attend us, and may you speak to us as you intend. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a question for you this morning. What would you request for an 85th birthday gift. Now, I wondered about this, so I did a little research and I discovered the 91 best gifts for seniors. So here's something you may want to put on your birthday list or your Christmas list. A large print digital clock. A motion sensor light switch. A neck and back massager cushion, bamboo lap table, a heated neck wrap, a flipper big button remote, a grip and grab reach tool, a pocket magnifying glass, and then how about this one, an electric salt and pepper grinder. Now when I read that one, I was a little rebuked because I just ordered one of those this week. So I wonder, what is that saying? But what activity, as you think about an 85th birthday, what activity would you enjoy for your birthday? Now, I want us to picture a very unusual man in the Bible by the name of Caleb, a man who lived for 40 years as a slave, 40 more as a tent-dwelling wanderer, and then five as a military captain you would think that he would be ready to find a peaceful valley along the Jordan River and uh, he would plant a garden, relax, maybe do some lawn bowls or a round of golf, tell stories to his grandchildren and spend his final days in peace. Yet Caleb had no such thing in mind. Joshua chapter 14 records a birthday, Caleb's birthday. Now this is quite unusual because there's only three times we read about birthdays in the Bible. The first one we read about is that of Pharaoh's birthdays. You remember the baker and the butler and it was the the time of Pharaoh's birthday. And then we also read later in the New Testament about Herod's birthday and the, the head of John the Baptist. But here in Joshua 14, we read about not only Caleb's birthday, but we know what number of birthday it was, and it was his 85th birthday party. Now, Caleb had the opportunity on his birthday to make a request regarding his birthday present. He had something very specific in mind, and it was a very unusual and bold request, and we find it in Joshua chapter 14, in verse 12, I invite you to turn with me there in your Bibles to Joshua 14 and verse 12 to find out what this birthday request was that Caleb made for his 85th birthday party. Joshua 14, verse 12. Now therefore, Caleb says, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, 
For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. So he requested real estate for his birthday. Quite an ambitious request because he was going to be the one that had to go and conquer that mountain in order to obtain it as his birthday present. Kirjath Arba, later called Hebron, as it was known as the town of four, it was positioned on four hills. Kirjath Arba was situated in an altitude of 914 meters. It was strongly fortified and inhabited by giants. Most of Canaan had been conquered during the five-year military campaign, yet this stronghold remained. remained. Caleb was familiar with its territory. You see, he had been one of 12 individuals to explore its heights and its fortifications 45 years before. If Caleb's counsel had been followed, the land could have been his 45 years sooner. Yet strangely, Caleb and Israel's leader Joshua are the only living individuals from their generation. Both are in their mid-80s. Their closest in age are 65-year-olds. They are part of an entire missing generation. What happened 45 years before? And more importantly, what are the makings of a man who in his 80s can make such a radical request and expect to accomplish it? In Numbers 13 and 14, we find the narrative of the events 45 years prior. As Israel stood on the borders of the promised land, Moses received word from God. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. God told Moses to, ex- to select 12 men. Leaders of each tribe. These were men of influence, of great courage. These were the spiritual heroes and giants among the people. After 40 40 days, the spy team returned, and they had something special with them, didn't they? They had a gigantic cluster of grapes, so large it took two men to carry it. We read that they brought with them pomegranates and figs. And as they walked into camp, you imagine the Israelites who had been living on manna in the desert as they saw the the fruit of the land, this land that they'd been told would be flowing with milk and honey. They had not seen such abundance. Let's take a look at the spies' report. And we read about it in Numbers 13, 27 and 28. Numbers chapter 13 Verses 27 and 28. Now they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless. Now that word nevertheless, another word is very similar. The word but, right? It's like it puts a pause on something really good that's about to happen. That's a great idea, but... Uh, nevertheless, now I want to ask you if you recognize any of these names. Shemua, Shaphat, Igal, 
Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Nabi, or Gural. Do you recognize any of those names? They should be recognized because these were the spiritual giants. These were the heroes. These were ten of the men that had been selected to go spy out Canaan. The challenge in not recognizing them is their challenge, isn't it? Because ultimately, they let this word, nevertheless, stand in the way of what God had already promised them. So let's continue reading what happens in this report. Nevertheless, the people who dwell there are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. This word, but, nevertheless. You know, I think sometimes we can find this word active in the church. When God comes to the church, sometimes there are Obadiahs in the church. Obadiah, I'm too busy. Obadiah, I'm too old. Or Obadiah, I'm too young. Or Obadiah, I'm not talented enough. Or Obadiah, don't have the time. And any time these words set in, those buts, those neverthelesses, immediately the murmuring begins. And that's exactly what happened in the camp. The report was in. The land was wonderful, just as God had told them, just as he had promised. But the spies concluded that Israel could not conquer it. Their determination was based solely on human logic. They compared the large fortified cities of Canaan and its strong soldiers to what Israel's army had to offer, and it didn't add up. In the midst of hopelessness and negative talk, Caleb steps forward. We read his response in Numbers 13 and verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Well able versus not able. What a difference. The negative majority, they pipe back, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, for we saw giants And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. One of the visits I made early on in my time here in Australia was with one of our pastors, Rome Ulia. If any of you know Rome, he's just moved to the area here as associate school evangelist. He'll be working with our schools in this area. But Rome is a champion weightlifter. And as I went out with Rome into his garage area there, he has weightlifting equipment. And I began to try to lift the weights that he lifts so easily. And I realized I had no opportunity. And I can, real, I can recognize, as I saw Rome's muscles, and I saw the weights that he could lift, and I compared my own body to that, it didn't measure up. And that was what was happening here with the spies, as they saw these giants, and they said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. So what enabled Caleb to remain courageous in the face of insurmountable obstacles. After all, didn't Caleb have 20-20 vision? Couldn't he see clearly? Didn't Caleb also see the giants and the fortified cities? I believe the key is that Caleb did not minimize the problem. 
He didn't minimize the challenges. Rather, he magnified his God. As a result of his God-sized vision, Caleb was almost stoned by the people. And God's anger was aroused such that Moses begs him not to destroy Israel. I want to pick up our story again in our key passage for this morning, Numbers 14, 20-24. Numbers 14, 20-24. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. Now, a question arises, what are these ten times that, that God has been put to the test? Now, it's interesting we can say, well, there's ten plagues in Egypt, right? And Israel observed how God worked through those ten plagues in Egypt. There were also ten spies that came back with a bad report. But it's very interesting, as we look at the verses and the, the narrative between Exodus 14 and Numbers 14, there are a number of times where the people questioned. Uh, they, they complained about God's provision or God's lack of provision from their perspective. And there are exactly ten occurrences between Exodus 14 and Numbers 14 where they complained. We know the first one is when they were on the, on the border there of, of the Red Sea and, and they saw Egypt's army approaching and they complained. And then we know that they encountered bitter water just within the first few days of, of, of crossing the Red Sea there at Mara. And, and they complained. And then they became hungry in the desert of sin. And they complained. And we can go through and see there's exactly ten instances where they questioned God's provision and they complained. You've now put me to the test these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They shall, shall certainly not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall those who rejected me see it. And here's the key verse. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. I believe this passage highlights three characteristics of a man who could conquer a mountain at the age of 85. The first characteristic is that Caleb remembered God's past actions. The other ten spies, Israel, they forgot, but Caleb remembered. God's judgment against the ten spies is that they failed to recognize what he had done on their behalf. They had ignored his glory. It reminds me of a famous quote uh, from Ellen White that I shared this morning that we all know and are very familiar with. Interestingly, these words were penned while she was in Australia. We have nothing to fear for the future as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. God made it very clear that the land would be theirs. It wasn't a question. He had sent ten plagues on Egypt. They had walked through the Red Sea on dry land. They had been given manna to eat from heaven. 
They had been protected by a cloud during the day and by fire at night. God's presence had been in their midst in the sanctuary. They had defeated the Amalekites. Water flowed in the desert out of a rock. Bitter waters had been made sweet. When God said he was giving Canaan to them, he meant it. His presence and power in the past guaranteed the surety of his work and of his word. They all had seen God work, yet they failed to trust that he would work yet again. And I wonder how many times that happens in our lives. You see, Caleb believed that God's action in the past was reason to believe he would act in the present and the future. In the Bible, there's a lot of repetition. Why is that? The author affirms their faith by reciting God's miraculous workings over and over again. The word remember is used frequently to emphasize the importance of not forgetting. Fathers would share with their children their family history and the involvement of God in their lives. Passover was celebrated as a reminder of God's deliverance from slavery. And I think this is so important in our lives. I, I, I saw here, you know, the author for the book, The Angel Said Australia. It's important that we know our history. We know how God has worked in our past. This is why I love giving tours at Sunnyside. I'll be giving one from 2 to 4 this afternoon if you can come by. It's so important to remember how God has worked in our past history. And I wonder how often do we take time to reflect on God's activity in our lives. Our faith is anemic because we've forgotten all that God has done. We see each situation arise, that arises individually rather than as another obstacle that is an opportunity for God to act once again on our behalf. And when God intercedes, we forget to thank Him. We surmise that perhaps our own ingenuity or our own cleverness brought about the result that we were looking for. We dismiss God's action as a chance occurrence. If we want to conquer mountains in our lives, we need to regularly reflect on the glory and the power of God. God needs men and women like Caleb who will share his glory with the world. But truly as I live, God said, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So the first characteristic, the first quality of a mountain conqueror is somebody who remembers God's past actions. The second characteristic is that Caleb was fully surrendered to God. Note that God calls Caleb my servant. Caleb knew whose orders he was following. God said, he hath followed me fully in Numbers 14.24. Five more times the word fully is used to describe how Caleb obeyed the Lord. Wouldn't that be amazing to be described by God in that way? Fully obeying the Lord. In practical terms, really what does it mean to be fully surrendered to God? Well, the antonym to fully is partially. A person who is fully surrendered is 100% God's. No part is partitioned away for selfish or lustful pursuits. And as I reflect on what it means to be fully committed to God, 
I recognize that my private and public life must be consistent. The words I say and the way I live must match. Who I am behind closed doors says whether I'm fully surrendered to God or not. I read a story about a couple who went to a crowded chicken franchise and they ordered a picnic box to go. They wanted to head to the park to have a picnic. This may or may not have been an avenous couple. A clerk accidentally handed them the picnic box in which the manager had hidden the deposit he was about to take to the bank. Fearful of being robbed, he had camouflaged the deposit. The man paid his bill, took the picnic box, and drove away. The aroma of fresh chicken was not wafting throughout the vehicle. And as they opened the box, they discovered that it was full of money. They knew a big mistake had been made, and they knew what they must do. For many people, it would be a great temptation, but this couple got back in the car, returned to the restaurant, and they gave the money back. Well, the manager naturally was quite happy, and in fact, he was so grateful, he told the man to stick around. He wanted to call the newspaper and write up a report and take his picture. He said, you must be the most honest man in town. Oh, no, don't do that, he responded. Well, why not, asked the manager. Well, you said, you, he said, you see, I'm married, and the woman that I'm with is not my wife. Friends, our effectiveness as God's servants can be hampered by hidden and cherished sin in our lives. Are you, am I, guarding our hearts and minds as being fully surrendered to God? God is looking for men and women that he can trust. Men and women who practice what they preach. Men and women whose characters continue when they shut the door and no one else is around. Can God say of you, there is my servant, that man, that woman is fully mine. The third and final characteristic I want to highlight today of a mountain conqueror is the scripture tells us Caleb had a different spirit. There was something different about him. There was something special about him. The ten only saw from a human perspective. Caleb saw things from God's perspective. The ten exaggerated the negative. Caleb was honest about the challenges, but was confident that God could deal with them. The ten were paralyzed by fear and discouragement. Caleb was motivated and excited about what God was about to do. I believe our attitude is shaped by our, by our daily behaviors. I read a quote that was a rebuke to me. It challenged me. It's from Ministry of Healing, page 492. It says this, Cultivate the habit of speaking well of others. Dwell upon the good qualities of those whom you associate and see as little as possible of the errors of their errors and failings when tempted to complain of what someone has said or done praise something in that person's life or character cultivate thankfulness 
Praise God for his wonderful love and giving Christ to die for us. It never pays to think of our grievances. God calls upon us to think of his mercy and his matchless love that we may be inspired with praise. Does that quote challenge you? I know it challenged me. Rather than having courage sometimes and faith, we can be overcome by negative attitudes, criticism, weak vision. And I believe we need God's help to address these simple patterns. Sometimes it goes against our human nature. More time should be spent in prayer and sometimes less time in the boardroom. To conclude today, I'd like to fast forward again to Caleb's 85th birthday. Let's turn again to Joshua 14, verses 10 and 11. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke with his, this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Sounds like they're having a birthday party to me, right? As yet, I am as strong this day as the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, I want to ask you for a birthday present. Give me this mountain. What mountain is God calling you to conquer for him in 2019? Are you up for the challenge? Is that mountain perhaps to restore a broken relationship? Is that mountain to write a book or to start or support a ministry perhaps it's to invest in a young person to open your home and practice hospitality to become a prayer warrior to go on a short or long-term mission to adapt a healthier lifestyle I don't know what that mountain is for you but I know the Holy Spirit can impress you with that conviction because I believe there's a mountain that God wants all of us to conquer for his glory. Through Caleb's testimony, God gives us the qualities inherent to that mountain conquer. And I want to remind you of them as you think about that mountain in your life that God is calling you to conquer for him. Caleb recognized God's past actions. He didn't minimize the problems, but he magnified God. Caleb's heart was fully dedicated to God. And finally, he had a different spirit Caleb was able to look at his situation from God's perspective. Are you ready to make that daring request of God? Expand my territory. Give me this mountain. Today, let's commit to tear down strongholds, destroy fortresses, kill the giants, and claim a mountain for God. Will you say with me today, for 2019, give me this mountain? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we're challenged. It's so easy to let our human nature kick in and to see only the obstacles, the challenges, and to begin to speak with negativity. 
Lord, we want to be Caleb's and Joshua's. I want to pray for each person here that you'll give us the courage to ask for that mountain that you placed in front of us. May we have that mountain this year, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.